Today is part two of our Unravel, Unearth, Unleash series. If you've missed the unraveling, you can go back and catch up. And as we talked about unraveling fears, insecurities, self-sabotage, and lies we believe, we will discover unearthing. It's when we begin to recognize the beautiful gifts we have buried underneath those fears and what that looks like. Can you clearly begin to see gifts and strengths? Or will you fight new or previous stories that you have allowed yourself to believe? Let's get started. No prison is more secure than the one you don't know you are in. Shakespeare. Welcome to the story we find ourselves in podcast. The podcast that connects your life story with the greatest story of all, the gospel. Join me as we walk through the seeds of your story that have been built on lies and generational chains and provides the soil to nurture your narrative with transforming truth. I'm your host, Cecily Moore, and I long to see you own your story and in it, reveal God's glory. I'm a certified Enneagram coach, writer, and creator of Truth Dwellers Community. So if you love learning about theology, the Enneagram, psychology, personal development, and even laughing at yourself every now and again, then subscribe and join me as we unravel what holds you back, unearth your buried beauty, and unleash the true you. Well, I don't know about you, but when I meet someone that I'm not very well acquainted with, And I begin that journey of getting to know them, whether that's a student or a new friendship or someone I'm coaching. What I really love seeing is who they are shine through. And what I mean by that is the strengths or gifts that they clearly have. And oftentimes we don't recognize our own strengths or our own unique offering to the world because it comes so natural to us. I actually once had a gal I was coaching who really struggled to see her gifts. And I found that fascinating because from the moment I met her, it was so obvious to me that her ability to kind of sweep behind the scenes and meet needs and serve and to think about others so quickly was very obvious to me. Here's the thing, though. Believe it or not, many of your gifts or strengths were developed in response to poor coping strategies or unhealthy attachments. This happened often in childhood or as a young adult. Again, one of the reasons I do enjoy using the Enneagram. Because a lot of times our strength can also be our weakness. But overcoming your weakness makes you stronger in the areas than others because you had to fight so much harder to overcome. So when I say some of our strengths were developed in response to difficulty, for example, you may be a great leader. You may take charge as soon as you see a need for someone to step up and um, you just may be very good at it. That is definitely a strength. But perhaps it was developed in response to having to be the person who stepped up because nobody else was available to. 
as a young adult or perhaps as a child. Um, Perhaps you developed a gift or have a gift. I think that they are given and developed. So to make that clear, I think there are many we are just born with and many that develop. Maybe you had um, a parent that you had to listen to often. And in doing that, you learned compassion and patience and you developed a gift to be able to listen well. Now, those are gifts, but they need to be rooted in truth so that they're not done um, from a place of wounding and without boundaries. We'll save that for another episode. But that's what I mean when I say uh, many of our gifts are, are strengthened due to some difficulties and hard times. And, and that will be true um, throughout our life. This is why we can speak to those who have been through what we have been through if we have grown and are healthy because we now are strong in something we were once weak in. We see this with AA or NA. We see this with even within each type. So for example, a type six has worked to overcome fear and anxiety and every what if and when they are healthy, have a beautiful capacity for faith and belief in spite of every what if and can speak to someone in that same area because it is now their strength. But remember, our greatest strength is the Lord. And so when we're thinking of weakness, we have to remember that our weakness is our strength because that is where God will show up. And I'm sure many of you have heard the quote that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And I love seeing um, memes pop up. And I think I even have one. Just kind of rebuking that as a lie. That many things will arise that we are not prepared or equipped for. At least not at the moment. And how fitting because right now I think that many of us can relate with the crazy quarantines and this virus spreading um, that there are things arising that we had not anticipated. And I just want to encourage you as we dive deeper into unearthing that those are areas in a weird way to be embraced. Because those are the areas we draw near to the Lord and allow Him to shine through and be our strength. And in those moments, we learn and grow more than we ever did without any hardship or without any suffering. And we get to become wiser and grow and develop um, those roots even deeper than if we had not. I like to think of my plants. Um, If you didn't know, I'm quite the crazy plant lady and I love my plants, my indoor house plants. And I have two 
fiddle leaf fig trees. They're very popular. And if you didn't know, one of the ways to strengthen their roots indoors is to randomly or when you're watering, shake them to grab the sort of strong mid part of the plant and shake it as if wind is coming into the house. Now, our homes don't have outdoor settings such as winds or hard rains and things like that. But when you shake it, it actually sends a signal to the plant that they need to strengthen and send their roots out deeper to hold on tighter for the upcoming storm, which then makes them stronger so they can grow stronger. That is just one of the small things I'm going to touch on today in relation to plants and seeds and what that looks like in our own life. So if you feel a little like my tree that has been shaken by the wind of the quarantine and everything that is happening right now, uh, wherever you live, my prayer is that your response would be to send your roots out deep to press in to your foundation, Jesus, your strength, the one who is not shaken, the one who is not surprised at all by our current circumstances, who is our helper in times of need. Colossians 2, 7 through 9 says, have your roots planted deep in Christ, grow in him, Get your strength from him. Let him make you strong in the faith as you have been taught. Your life should be full of thanks to him. So like I said previously, many of our strengths have actually been developed in response to poor coping strategies um, and difficulties that we faced as children or as young adults. And because of that, sometimes our tendency is to really hold on to that seed, to guard it, um, And to not plant it because we're afraid. And I've even seen people, I feel like holding their seed in their hand and speaking affirmations on it. And I'm not against affirmations, but I will tell you, you have to plant that seed. And that means you will encounter the elements of nature, if you will, but in life. Storms will come. And this is where trust is so important. This is why I started with unraveling, because you have to recognize the lies that you're facing that cause fear and doubt and keep you from allowing that seed to grow. And so as we plant that seed and have worked on uprooting many lies, we have to set the right environment to let it grow. 
our soil has to be good soil or the roots will have difficulty. And that is something that you can turn around right now within your home because so many of us are in our home and create an environment that is conducive to good growth. Now we can't control everything. My kids will turn the house upside down in a good hour if I let them. Um, But that is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about controlling everything because that would be a response to fear. I am talking about the state of your heart. How is your heart? How is your story right now? Maybe just take a moment and think about your heart. What do you need? What do you need to surrender? Because when you own that, and you own who Jesus is and what he can do and not what you can do, and you recognize that and the little control we have, we are still heirs of God. We can have no doubt that the king doesn't give his children the best gifts, right? We have a new name, a new home. And it is in this beauty that the seed will be cultivated, even if it's within pain, the pain of your current story. Your seed has been developing all throughout childhood and you can either hold on to it protect it guard it and never let it see the day of light or you can plant it you can nurture your heart you can nurture your environment you can surrender to the storms and it will grow Remember that a seed breaks to send roots out. I think back to our beginning analogy of Jesus unraveling out of those wraps and then coming out of the tomb. What if he did never come out? What if he just stayed in there? right? What would be the point of that? (laughs) I'm sorry, but we cannot just stay inside. We have to trust God. And in trusting him and in surrendering, we will actually grow and use the gifts that he has given us to use. And there are two things I think people tend to do. They either struggle to believe their worth, their value, and notice their strength, or they sit in false humility and refuse to own the good gifts that their Savior has given them. It's like we're afraid to be beautiful. Doesn't that make you kind of sad? Are you afraid to be beautiful? Are you afraid to be looked upon by your Heavenly Father as wanted and loved 
and endeared? What is the point of our Savior's death but to give us life, right? Like I said, the seed has to crack to give life. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus is the seed that was cracked to give us life. To give us peace. To give us healing. So, if all this is true, and you are stripping away lies, and you are pressing into truth, then you will see that buried beauty begin to bear fruit. So let's get into the practical. So often the story we find ourselves in involves some sort of chaos or busyness or rushed feelings that we can't slow down to cultivate and develop those gifts and strengths we're in such a hurry to either use them um, even if they're hardly developed and without taking the time to invest into them or life takes over and we forget about them altogether we're going to talk about environment as one of the pieces to cultivating your strengths because it plays such a big part on your attitude and your mindset and actually what you get done at a practical level. There's actually an entire field dedicated to this study called psychogeography, uh, which is a study of the relationship between the places that we move through our everyday life and the effects that those places have on our minds. Um, One scholar, Colin Ellard, says it encompasses things like the ways that an urban streetscape might affect your feelings, your emotions, and what kind of things you might do, how it would affect the way you pay attention to your surroundings, even how you remember things and make decisions. Isn't that wild? That it can affect our decision-making. We have all woken up with a plan or things to get done, Um, but if our environment says different, it actually dictates what we get done. How we set up our environment determines how we feel also. That's another reason I love having houseplants and lots of greenery and nature-like pieces in my home. They give me a sense of peace and calm. Our surroundings really are a guide for how we should act and respond. 
And this is because we are cognitive um, hoarders, if you will. We really do value as humans our mental processing resources. We want to find ways to make things easier on us as we go throughout our day because we have a limited amount of willpower and um, we can only make so many decisions a day. Then we become tired and overwhelmed and cranky, especially if our day starts out with a bunch of them thrown on us. And this takes away our ability to place healthy habits that grow and nurture the gifts and strengths we long to develop. A great resource that talks all about this that I highly recommend is the book called Atomic Habits. If you have not heard of it, I would get the audio or the book right away. It is a wonderful book and really it breaks down the practical ways to create new habits. It's by James Clear and I have used that in my own life because we really have to go through many steps to uproot our current habits. And the reason we have our current habits is because we are creatures of habit. I'm saying that word a lot, but it's because, like I said earlier, we don't want to use the brain capacity we have to make decisions. So we practice certain actions again and again, and they become easy, simple habits. We eat the same few meals. We wear the same few outfits. Um, Even if we have more, we tend to have the same few we go to. And then to do something different really takes energy. And there has to be some sort of immediate benefit. When we're growing our gifts and strengths, we don't always see an immediate benefit. Again, that book, Atomic Habits, really breaks down ways to get quick feedback so that your mind wants to continue the new habit. Another interesting approach you could take is writing down in a journal the current story of your day. What does a current day look like? A random day, a typical day, at its honest state from morning until bed. What is your day generally look like and how do you feel during that day this is a story we find ourselves in but what would it look like if you wrote down the story you want to find yourself in how do you want to start your day that's the best place to start because it's where you have the most control how you start your day most of the time is up to you Is it late? Is it rushed? Is it the kids waking you? Is it running behind and you have a meeting you're unprepared for? What is your normal start to your day? Is it up a little early? Is it slow with a nice cup of coffee? Maybe some quiet time where nobody's nagging at you and asking you to meet the many demands put upon you. Start to write out the story you want. 
Start envisioning that and see what baby steps over time you can put in place to create that story. Like I said, definitely check out the book. But another thing I want to talk about isn't just the environment around you, but the state of your heart. The environment of your heart. Which is also how your mind is. And for this, I want to take a look at Mark 4. Because this is where Jesus talks about the parable of the seeds. I'm not going to read it all, but I am going to tell you what some of the states are and what that might look like in our life. That is also the environment of our heart, which will impact and affect our growth. So go back and read all of Mark 4 if you haven't in a while. We're going to specifically um, talk about the parable of the seeds and the four places those seeds fell on as Jesus was speaking out this parable. And the four places were along the path, along rocky places, among the thorns, and upon good soil. So this is how people heard the word and accepted it or didn't accept it. And I want you to think about this in the perspective of what truth are you believing and holding and dwelling in? Um, but what areas is it difficult right now? Are you allowing fear and panic to take over as this will affect the environment of your heart, the state of your heart? And so Jesus explains to his disciples that the seed along the path where the word was sown, these people heard it and then Satan came and took the word that was sown in them. You remember that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I was so sad to see so many people quickly turned um, throughout this virus uh, and COVID-19 and all the things happening that can seem very scary to allow their, their trust and hope to be stolen and if that is you right now and you feel as if the thief has come in the night and taken your joy then perhaps this is an area you can focus on um, recultivating this piece of your heart and planting those those seeds in good soil let's move to the next one the next one is rocky places some had heard the word and they received it with joy so maybe that would look like listening to an amazing podcast and getting some truth um or a sermon that you heard or good conversation with good hard truth with a friend and you felt relieved and excited and joy filled but it had no root. So that joy, it only lasted a short time. It wasn't bearing deep roots. And so when trouble came, 
because of that, that joy quickly fell away. That word quickly fell away. Um, and that is also something that I think we can struggle with is that we feel, feel filled, um, but it's not a lasting peace. And then the third area is among the thorns. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life may be the deceitfulness of wealth or the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. What are the worries choking out God's word in your life? making it unfruitful. We want to unearth beautiful, life-giving fruit. What is choking that out from you? Is there something that needs to be addressed so that you can breathe and the worries of this life and the desires for something else don't bring you harm and death, but instead that the word would fall on the good soil. That we would hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. When we hear the word and accept it and live it, it bears fruit. And fruit, or plants in general, they flower and drop seed so that others will grow from it. And I want you to take one moment and be mindful that struggling with doubt is not the same as not being a believer in any way whatsoever. If you are hearing these things and you're thinking, I do believe I am just, I'm struggling. I am struggling. And this is hard. I want you to think about Mark 9. Mark 9 is, I think, a great thing to really think and pray on when you're struggling. And a a father is really begging for his son um, to be healed. That from childhood he has he has been um, struggling with these seizures and um, the spirit. And Jesus comes to kind of handle the job, and he says to the father, "If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes." And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus commanded the spirit to come out of him and return no more. I just love that father's genuine honesty. I believe, Lord, Help my unbelief. Doubt is a part of our walk. 
and is not something that you should feel ashamed about. But be instead like this dad in Mark 9 and just come humbly and broken and surrendered with the Lord. But you can't do that if we don't address the things that are not conducive to a good, healthy environment and state of our heart. Then, of course, there's asking for wisdom and guidance from those who know you best. What do they see in you? There's nothing wrong with asking that. It's what you longed to hear for as a child. What do you see in me? What makes me special? What makes me unique? What gifts do I have? Because we want as children to be useful. We take pride in helping. I have a very strong-willed firstborn and I have noticed when he feels like he is of use and he's given a job, he feels proud and confident and that is a good thing and unfortunately many of us were missing that in childhood and in our upbringing and so we end up adults with a little child crying out inside. What is special? What is unique about me? And God longs to answer that cry. So ask him and ask friends and ask your wise elders what they see in you so that you can begin to actually listen and hear and pay attention to running themes about what your gifts might be that you can to begin developing. And a, one of the best and last things I will leave you with today is to go serve. When you serve, you will um, maybe not right away notice, but you will notice over time your gifts because the area you choose to serve will be something you're passionate about um, and and hopefully that you'll discover you have a knack for. And maybe you find yourself in an area of serving that just isn't really driving with you. If you're feeling like it's taking more from you than, than you can give, maybe that's not your area of serving. Because when you find the area that you go to serve and it gives you life, you long to do it again and again and again because you love the people you're giving toward and you desire to help meet their needs and to love on them well. And you will notice in those areas, gifts will start arising. Um, but there are times and places to serve where we're just not gifted. That doesn't mean you can't do that. It means that as you make a habit and practice of serving in your community and your church and the many capacities there are to serve someone else just ask your neighbor um you will discover strengths that you didn't know you had
as you consider mulling over some of these practical ideas to move you toward growth, I hope more than anything, you will not be afraid to be beautiful. You will not diminish your worth and you would not be afraid to plant your seed, face any storms that might come, and send your roots deeper toward Jesus. If you enjoyed listening today, subscribe and share this with a friend. If you felt encouraged, leave a review over at iTunes to help share this with others so they may be encouraged as well. I look forward to connecting on our next episode as we close out our three-part series with Unleashing the True You. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Enneagram and Grace and at CecilyMoore.com. May your story be used for God's glory. We'll see you soon.